Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big, sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes. And villains from a thousand worlds, a billion years in the making. You have reached the event horizon of Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International with me, Mike Royce and Mr. Martin Unsworth. Hello. We're the editors of Starburst Magazine, the world's longest running magazine of cult entertainment. And as I speak, you are listening to the show that coincides with the 40th anniversary of the launch of Starburst magazine back in November 1977, when Deskin, who would a few months later become the head of Marvel UK, took a chance on a little magazine with a movie that he had a hint, uh, an inkling might hit big over here called Star Wars. Got the rights to it, launched the magazine. It went through a load of... Uh, sort of period of uh, intellectual debate as to the name and then finally he was going with Starfall and then that was deemed to be negative and he went, let's do a Starburst. And here you are, 40 years later, and we brought out this week on sale issue number 443, which is our official 40th anniversary special. And again, going back to the very beginning, uh, just just a coincidence because they could have released... Yeah, they could have released the new Star Wars film at any time during the day or, or night. And, uh, <laughs> that you know, make sense. Oh, it doesn't make sense. If they, could have announced, they could have brought it out and released it any time during the year, and they uh, decided to do Wait it. Wait until we yeah. fought as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. So They're doing us a favour with it, you see. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what they're, I'm thinking. They're celebrating us. Yeah, so here we are, and... We are, uh, yeah, we're uh, celebrating the uh, the 40th today. And we've... We've not got, got any dirders. I know, we haven't, no. Do you know, uh, th- this desk isn't working properly. I'll probably have to edit this out. I'll do this as a quick, uh, so I can quickly edit it out for the for the uh, iTunes. But the those uh, lights are not going up on the uh, thing, so I don't know whether we're actually going out at the moment. Ah. So I, I am uncertain, and maybe Check you can your PF- do your trip. Take that PFL off the other thing. Well, um, I... No, the, the one we did... Yeah, it's not... Um, Is it that not doing No, anything? no, no, none of them are. Oh. Actually, no, now I've taken those two off it. It is. So I think we are actually okay. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's just been two minutes of dead air. Yeah, that's, that, that's basically it anyway. <laughs> so, 40 years of Starburst magazine, Martin. 
Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Remember it well. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. You know, some people they don't they don't stay around that long, do they? No. Yeah. Geeky monkey. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right talking about geeky monkey. Me, I'm fine. I mean, they tried, and they they did actually copy quite a lot of our format, and yeah. didn't when work it, for them. It didn't work for them, and then when they uh, we our legacy style. If you look at the magazine, we always try to not just look at a latest film or whatever. If it's part of a franchise, we go, right, let's look at this franchise and let's look at the beginning of it. How did it start? Then we look at all the rest of it. We look at the comic book roots, if it's got comic books or a graphic novel it's based on. And we expand and explore all the stuff that came about. Like we did the classic one, we did the Robocop uh, issue. And we went into great detail on that. And it was almost, you end up with like a Bible. We did one yeah. on Bond. And, and also when we're dealing with something that, that could be a, a part of a wider genre sometimes, like It, when that came out, we decided, well, let's look at, let's look at these. Let's look uh, at It. Yeah. Let's, let's also look at uh, the, the Bogeyman. Yeah. And we did. And that that's a really, really popular issue. our uh, best-selling issue to date, that. And uh, so we're, do, we're not doing too bad on that one, are we? Yeah. It's always uh, we've, we've good. We've had a, a, well, I've personally had a raft of uh, text messages. You have? Yeah. Wonderful Shauna upstairs. Yep. Starbush Shauna. Polly. Yeah. And our Russ all saying we're going out okay. Oh, that's fantastic then. No, we're all right then. No, it's fine. I just needed to know and I'll, I'll press that PFL button when we go back on. You never know, do you? You want to be careful. That's it. Especially with an important show. So... 40 years and issue number 443 is out and there's one important little change at the beginning of the issue and that is i didn't do the editorial for the mm. first time since i took over so i i thought it was only appropriate that i step back and allow our honorary editor-in-chief mr deskin to do his bit and he that's the first time for oh, 37 years that he's had his name on the inside writing the editorial. So that was yeah. a nice touch. And if you also just want to buy it without reading all our, all us talking about the history of the magazine, it's still worth buying because we go on all about Star Wars, The Last Jedi, which, as we said, just happens to be out at the same time. So we were able to cover it in the mag. And yeah, it's not only a preview of it by Mark Newbold, but we've also got uh, a, a feature that was very important to me. And it, Luke Spafford wrote, uh, I wanted something writing about George Lucas mm -hmm. in a positive way, because I'm I'm of the opinion that everybody out there has treated him he's, like he's shit. He's done so much for us yeah. as, as a collective. He's been very badly treated over the years. And I think the way that it ended, now maybe some people are happy that Disney got it, maybe they're not, but whatever. I'm not really over the moon with the way that he felt forced to sell the company, which he did, because people had given him that much abuse over the, over the prequels and all this, he raped my childhood and all this crap. Yeah, he's a human being. He was getting a torrent of abuse. He ends up at a situation where he feels, I'd, I'd rather just not do it anymore. And then later on, he, he could have just sat on it, though, and he could have just made money off all the spin-offs and sat there and been the greedy fat cat that some people were portraying him as. But what happened is the people that were having a go at him and saying, oh, all he's interested in is money and all that. Well, what he did next, well, if it 
didn't shut them up. They're too stupid for words because he literally went, well, I don't want to deprive people of more Star Wars. Mm. I've got some ideas here. I'll sell the company to someone who will make the most of it. Disney said, yay, we're going to try and do some stuff with the property. And they basically chucked his stuff in the bin, which is not very nice. But, you know, it, we've ended up with what we've ended up with. And then uh, what did he do? He took all the money and he gave it away. He set up film courses, film schools, uh, funded everything. He just gave it all away, the money. Um, so what a guy. Now, this uh, article on him, it's really good. And and Luke got the the tone really right. And I want, if people are buying uh, issue 443 this, uh, this week, then I hope they'll have a read of that because it's a cracking piece. And it's called By George. And it does go through his his input because I say it's not just Star Wars. The guy he revolutionised cinema for okay. us. Yeah. He he cemented the modern blockbuster. You could argue that that Spielberg started it with Jaws, but certainly George Lucas took that ball and ran it all the way to the touchline, and then comes up with Skywalker Sound revolutionized special effects came up with thx which is the modern sound system which is the precursor to all the surround sound that you're getting in the cinema when you sat there now and bullets are pinging at the back of your head and things are going off all around you explosions and stuff that this guy he's responsible for a lot yeah. of that industrial um, light and magic industrial light and magic where where would you be without george i think we wouldn't be as far forward no. As we and arguably maybe movies wouldn't have quite the same. Uh, certainly, the blockbuster, more impressive, big movies wouldn't be quite as impressive. I feel there's also you know to, just to be the uh, the devil's advocate on that. There's also a, a thing to say. Without all that, we might still be having more story films rather, mm. rather than just relying on the effects. Yeah, but you know it's good to have both. Yeah, it's good to have the, both. The problem I is mean... though that they've, they've jettisoned one. For the other, yeah, I mean, you got you got to look at this. It maybe, maybe George Lucas's greatest skill wasn't wasn't actually directing. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe as some people argue, he's a he's an ideas person. He shouldn't be behind the camera in that respect. He should be overseeing it. Or maybe, but at the end of the day, he, he did what he did, mm. and we are where we are. And and that's uh, I I feel that that piece did justice to it. So they, there's other stuff in it. There's stuff about the 40 years uh, in the in this issue of Starburst is pretty pretty comprehensive. You've got Ed Dez's editorial frames it quite nicely, the beginning of it. But the period that wasn't really covered, we, well, it was getting to the point where I had to write the story of, well, how did it survive? How well, did we, it... we did a history of the mag mm. in, in issue 400. Yeah. Because that was the first landmark. It did. Yeah, so this I is did. this is basically filling in that gap. Yeah. So when uh, what happened with this piece? There's a piece in it called "A New Hope," and the when Starburst hit the the difficulty of the visual imagination hadn't paid the printing bill, were being wound up. It was a race against time to save the mag and and make sure it survived. And that period was a very difficult period for the magazine. It was, and I've got to say, it was the it, I felt like my head was going to explode sometimes during the uh, few months that all this rumbled on. And the story of getting there and how 
Chris and me got together and what we did and everything. It, it, it was difficult for me to write and I wrote, I did, and there's where you get your side, the side little secrets, shall we say, yeah, yeah. Easter eggs or whatever. The, um, yeah, I yeah, wrote a, I wrote a version of it and it, it absolutely sucked. <laughs> it, it just didn't read right. It, it just read like a... I was feeling awkward writing it. I didn't, I, it didn't read it. I don't know. Does that make any sense? Absolutely, because you know you don't you don't want to be uh, blowing your own trumpet. And no, I, like don't, I didn't. And, and as I said, there was a lot more. This isn't down to me. This is I'm just a catalyzer or someone involved in it. it. It's not down to me. But it. So when you start writing something, you don't want to be like showboating and be, being a prick, you know. Mm. So I wrote it, and it was a bit. It was lukewarm, and I I wasn't getting stuck into what really went on because. I felt it felt a bit like showing off some of it, and some of it felt like I was admitting I'd done some things right and some things wrong, and it was I didn't get the balance right. So I just went to Polly Andrew Pollard, our online mm. editor, and said, "Look, how about you just bloody interview me and Chris and see where the chips fall? Just just let the chips fall where they may, and whatever comes out of that, you will just put together in in a piece, and that can be the story. And yeah. if it and if it actually ends up." showing more warts than uh, than I want to well tough yeah, yeah. um and uh, but I want it to be honest so he did and he, I'll be give it give him credit where credit's due I'll tell you something um and I know this from talking to Chris when the the questions came yeah when mm. when when it all started when the interview started we were uh I don't know we just were, we were dead honest you know and, and when it all finished I I was questioning it going god do you, do you think we should have been that honest and mm. said it all and, and, it in, and in the piece we've also admitted some of the uh, things and done some visuals yeah that show some of the things that, that could only we... be described as howling errors oh well one of them I alluded to about three or four years ago and I said, if any of you guys spot this mistake in this issue, that I'll get, I'll send you something, and nobody, not one person, spotted it. And I'm not going to say what it is because it's in that, it's in that piece, and it's a howler. And mm. and the both the two articles, one was something I rendered in 3D. Now you'd think with rendering something, you're sat in, in front of it for hours. Yes, I was. <laughs> So that one is incomprehensible how that one got through. The other one is the entire page. The, you know, the, 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 anyway, I'm not going to say what it is. Have a look in the magazine and see what you think. So what do you got anything to say about this issue, Martin? Yeah, well, let's go back to that, to that feature. I just remember that the, the brief was about 2,000 words. Mm -hmm. Came back like nearly 7,000. The magazine had to be literally thrown back to the drawing board. We we do um, a planner, obviously, that threw so many things out. And poor Shauna, when she saw, I said, it's going to be a little bit bigger, Shauna, you know, than, than maybe you're expecting. And so she's thinking maybe, what, two and a half thousand words? Three yeah. I said, no, it's treble. It's, yeah. it's like <laughs> six, nearly seven. And she just looked at me and I thought, if if she doesn't, she doesn't actually go crazy now then we'll be all right and she was good she was fine well, we, and she we, managed to sort it out we always have a bit of wiggle room i know but to it we set seven thousand yeah. <laughs> uh, when she thinks she's getting like three or four pages is a bit you know bit much really yeah but yeah it's, it's a good it's a good issue yeah so well before we go for a break is there anything else you want to recommend in the issue that i've forgotten um there's a there's a great great piece on uh on a film which is actually on uh, Horror Channel this weekend. Here we go. 
Uh, no, it's just you've just dropped that on me. Go on then. It's like the Descent. I love that film. Yeah. So uh, that's Saturday night, but we yeah. won't be out of watching. No, we won't. So, so, so Sky Plus it. Yeah, I know. But I will say this. I will say this. That that the Descent with the first and the second one. That's the biggest disparity in my mind of the quality between the first and the second film in, in terms of sequel and in. in quality drop-off I've ever seen. That second one is a shockingly bad film. The the Descent, I love I think it's a modern classic horror film. I loved watching it. I enjoyed it immensely. It, I pre- I don't know which ending I prefer. There mm. are two endings to it. Does, did it, did it. I can't remember if you went into that in the... Um... don't think it does because it's right. more about... Yeah. Less spoilery sort of thing. Yeah, well, there are two endings. There is an American market ending and there is a, a an ending that we got. One is incredibly nihilistic, and the other one is a lot more hopeful. Now, the sequel went with one of the endings. It didn't go with the ending that we got. No. Yeah. It, it was a, an American... It's mental. It's mental. sequel one, it really and, and I said, if you want any... Um, see, as much as... So you're saying, watch Descent, and I'm going, watch Descent, and don't follow up watching Descent 2. Absolutely not. Yeah, there's one bit in Descent 2 where the... Uh, where You've you've got the uh, shall we say spelunkers? Is that how you refer to I them? I think so. Yeah, yeah. They are they called people who go spelunking? Are they spelunkers or are they just idiots, adventurers or something? I don't yeah. know. Spelunkers. Spelunkers. Now the spelunkers this time. It says that on um, Palumpus though, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, the yeah. spelunkers this time go into uh, the caverns and they get lost as well. Surprise, surprise. At one stage, they're actually climbing over the dead bodies of the uh, people from the previous movie, some of the people from the previous movie. And I thought, wow, um, I'll be honest, as a visual, that pretty much sums the situation up. I couldn't have done it any better. Crept into a nightmare of evil with, guess what happened to Count Dracula? He's back from the grave to rule the satanic occult-ridden world of today's mind-blown youth. <laughs> Say it with someone you trust. Guess what happened to Count Dracula will trip you into a blood-smeared torture chamber and you'll never get out. My prisoners for eternity to do with as I wish. Don't see it alone. See it with someone you trust. <laughs> Plunge into a nightmare of evil, thrills, chills, horror, terror, shock, panic, and violence. Climaxing in an orgy of blood and death. <laughs> See it with someone you trust. Guess what happened to Count Dracula is a supreme example of a top-notch motion picture thriller filmed in magnificent blood-dripping color. A shocker with unparalleled violence erupting from the screen to horrify and paralyze you. Guess what happened to Count Dracula will blow your mind. This is the picture that nightmares are made of. If you dare see it, see it with someone you trust. Don't miss it. Coming soon. Guess what happened to Count Dracula. Rated GP. All ages admitted. Parental guidance. Starburst Magazine, the world's longest-running magazine of cult entertainment. We make total film look like rubbish. I listen to FabRadioInternational.com And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And we've had a, we've had an email or two. So that's a good start, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm just saying, oh, where we go. JR's asking three questions now. Oh. Here we go. Number one, name any film which you think deserved 
or should have had a sequel and didn't get one. It must be something where you think a sequel would have been worthwhile. So what do you say to that? Right. We discussed this off air, so it's not coming off the top of my head. And I couldn't think of one that deserved one. Yeah, I'm really glad that you've just blown that. No, you no. Know? I mean, uh, this would have been, we would have looked slick, off the cuff, ready, be, well, ready to rock and roll. Because there's no way I would have come up with this without... <laughs> they don't know that, do they? They don't know that. What, you're saying that the entire audience of this show would know that you wouldn't be quick and sharp enough to come up with that? No, that's yeah. why I said... You don't this... know what I'm going to say yet. No, I don't. Oh, go on then. Yep, Horror Hospital. A sequel, not a remake. Yeah, a sequel. What would it? What would it be? Like? It would, be, you know, Robin Asquith's character. Yeah, and the, the bit of fluff that he picks up. Mm. You know, and they get yeah into another scrape. Do you know the, all them Amicus films? You could easily do because they never did what they did was uh, they kept re- doing another sort of version of it and it wasn't a direct sequel. Like for example, Tales Tales from the Crypt <coughs> could have easily been, and they, I guess it's because it's the seventies and you you couldn't just do uh, book two or volume two. It had to be something like it, it. I guess sequels back then didn't didn't sell. So, but well, I reckon as long as the Hammer ones, and they never really classed them as yeah, sequels, well, did they? But but the Vault of Horror. Is literally a a another version of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. and and they changed it around. You could have easily just kept the Tales from the Crypt format and just gone Tales from the Crypt Volume Two. Yeah, further Tales from the Crypt. More Tales from the Crypt. Further Tales, you know, and then you know you <laughs> well, could they, have they done took that. them titles as well from the EC yeah. Comics as well. As oh, the I know they did. So. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying you could have done a series of those movies like mm. they did with Creep Show One, Two, and Three. Yeah. And by the way, anybody who starts to have a go at me over. Creep Show 2. I love that bin bag. Yeah, it's not a good film. Though. It's great. It's all right, that bin bag bit. <laughs> the bin bag bit. The bin bag bit. Bin bag good. That's it easy is. for you to say. It is. Well, it's like that club I told you um, in uh, Hazel Grove near Stockport when I was a kid. And believe it or not, it, it's still open now. And this is a club that me and, and my mates were going to underage at like 17, 18, you know, mm. where you're supposed to be 21, get in. And um, it's called the bamboo, and then and then when we'd be out and we'd ask where someone where oh where where were you last night you know if they'd gone out Friday yeah, yeah. and then we met up Saturday ago where where you been oh and they go and everybody and nobody ever thought about what it sounded like they just automatically go bin bamboo yeah <laughs> and where, where have you been bin bamboo bin bamboo that's all you heard so <laughs> bin bag bin bag bag bit brought that back. Yeah, very good. The bamboo. We're on to the bamboo nightclub in Hazel Grove now from a uh, a simple selection of sequels. Yeah. What's the next question? Uh, not, I am not giving mine. Yourself, you? so, I don't. I'm not count. Because, see, that's because I heard it on the <laughs> the break. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm boring you, Martin. Good God. You know. Um, yeah. I I think that I would like. I would have liked to have seen a sequel. Not of all the John Carpenter movies. Every, loads of people were always going on about, oh, Escape from New York, you know, Further Adventures of Snake Plissken and, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Look how blah. that worked out. Exactly. Be careful what you wish for. I mean, it's not a terrible film, but it's compared to the original. Good God. And the original was deeply flawed, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Even though I love it, it's deeply flawed. The editing in it's terrible. There's loads of bits where... It's, yeah, it doesn't hold up as well as you hope. No, to. It's, a, it's not his best made film, that. And uh, the... Uh, I... For I would like to see the uh, the further adventures of Jack Burton and mm. um, in 
big trouble in Little China. Yeah. I, I think that is work. a... I, I think... At the time, that's why I'm saying that the horror hospital was if they did it at the time. Oh, not correct. If, not yeah. if they did yeah. it now. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not suggesting that if you did Big Trouble in Little China, even as a remake now, it'd be any good. It was a weird film that nobody knew what to make of. I knew people. I went to the cinema seeing that with some people and... To say it was divisive, it was, people were going there going, oh, so this is the guy who did, you know, Halloween and mm. the fog and whatever. And, and God, they walked out like puzzled. They didn't yeah, yeah. know what it was. And i seen, what you've got to remember is we've all seen Tarantino since then. Yeah. And after Tar- post-Tarantino, people are aware of certain influences they weren't aware of. They, you average guy in the street wasn't really into Hong Kong cinema and mm. various other chop socky movies and all the rest of it. And, are you allowed to call it that? Uh, no, it's a, I don't know. Do I know, I? I'm just being, I I'm know, being do I? devil's advocate. I'm, I don't want to offend anyone. I'm just using mm. it as a phrase that, uh, well, you don't let me say pikey anymore. I, I've never, I've no problem with pikey, but... Okay. But, you know, I know some people do. Yeah. But do you know what? Let's not try and pack as many of these into one show as we can. And, yeah. and uh, it, what, I'm, what I'm saying is I... Um, where, where was he up to then that we got onto uh, uh, um, uh, inappropriate language? Yes. Uh, I Jack, forgot. Jack Burton. Jack Burton, yeah. He, that film was uh, was very brave because he, it took a lot of, um, you know, a lot of Eastern cinema and threw it in the mix, and there was lots of weird stuff going on. And, and I mean, my favourite scene in that film was when they're in the lift and they have that liquid or whatever, the fighting mm. fluid or whatever. They, I forgot what it's called now. And they're all there going, so how do you feel? And then they're going, oh, I feel good. Yeah, do you feel good? Yeah. And then and then Jack Burton's line where he goes, yeah, yeah. God, I'm feeling pretty invincible right now. <laughs> feel pretty good. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, not scared at all. I just feel kind of... I feel kind of invincible. <laughs> me too. I got a very positive attitude about this. Good, me too. Yeah. Brilliant moment. Uh, it was full of that, and I just thought I liked his character because he's a simple truck-driving guy yeah, yeah. who is a, is a proper... He's sort of a bit of a right-wing sort of American, very straightforward. I can imagine he's pro-gun, shall we say. And um, he probably... He might, I imagine he is... I wonder if he would have voted for Trump, though, Jack Burton. There's the question. But Ooh. I like to think he would have had more sense. Yeah. But you don't know. But I did like that. I, I thought that was a very uh, great film, and I love watching it. I still love watching it. And I don't think the effects are terribly dated. No. You know? Because they don't go too far over the top. No. I'm, I mean, the guy who blew, blew, blows up, do you remember, with the steam yeah. coming out of his nose? But that, that's that, a, that, ca- a cartoon effect. Well, you see, here's the thing. Rob Bottin and the work he did on the thing and the work he did on that, it looked that surreal mm. that I don't think that you can go, oh, that doesn't look realistic because it's something else, isn't it? Yes. Like, you can't talk about the dog inside out in the thing and go, that's not very realistic. Or the, or the head falling off and yeah, exactly. walking away. No, they, they, you can still watch them. You'd never dream of wanting to change them effects. In fact, to be honest, there's some of the most iconography, the biggest iconography in horror, some of them images, yeah, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there we go. So that's that one. Second question. So we've answered what should have had a sequel. You said Horror Hospital. I said Big Trouble in Little China. Any Name any film you 
something would be improved upon by being remade, but that hasn't been, obviously. In other words, a film with a great idea, not done especially well and could be done better with modern, obviously modern film techniques and, and um, you know, slightly bigger budget. Right, see, man for that uh, actually works now as, as a film, because I've watched it a couple of weeks ago on one of the, the late night channels. It works better now than it did. Mm-hmm. But I think you could do so much more with it in the the ideology of it all. Britannia Hospital. Yeah. Because it's all about, you know, Mm. the behind the scenes of the hospital. Yeah. There's a a Frankenstein complex going on there. Yeah, yeah. There's a Mm. a lot of unrest with the unions and a queen visit. Would that that lend itself to a, a TV show or a movie? I think you can get away with a movie. Because everybody wants to do a bloody TV show now, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think, I think it would yeah. stretch it a bit too far. I could mm. imagine them doing a TV show now you come to mention Oh, yeah, that's why I it, thought. It, yeah, yeah. You know, and it would be yeah. stretched out to Westworld type, you know, and oh, yeah. it would get yeah. a lot deeper and a lot yeah. darker probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the the, the satire of uh, it Lindsay Anderson did yeah. it, you know, was, was amazing. And it, it fell mm. at mm. the time. Yeah. 1980 came out, 81. Yeah. Uh, again, Robin Asquith's in it. Oh, and Malcolm McDowell. But... Do you want to get him? Do you want to get him to the film festival? Asquith, yeah, yeah. Because I, think, I do think him. he just comes up that much on the show. I I might I, as well, we might as well he, get him down so he can come on the show at least. He's, he's a top bloke as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Bloody hell! I mean, and he's still here, and he's not been offend, uh, not been um, arrested for giddy fiddling. No, which, no. You know, but he's, is... he's, he's done enough women though. Oh yeah, but but they were happy with it. I'm yeah, hoping, yeah. you know. There's certainly been nobody coming forward saying they weren't. Which, uh, as I say, later on in the show, we'll deal with another little addition because we seem to have, have to run our uh, celebrity. Um, show, I don't know what you'd call it, really. Our sex pests, sex pest segment. There you go. Yeah, oh, three S's. We, it makes. We're not going to go too much into that. No, though. we're not. But yeah. there's one I have to talk about. It's like <laughs> bloody. It's yeah. Anyway, um, mine. I. I like trances, mm. but the problem is, even though the actor's great in it and the the story, although there's a lot of mythology in it, and it's it's very yeah, it's almost like a futuristic form of zombie. And the trances themselves are, you know, obviously you can imagine the makeups not great. The budget for these movies was minuscule. You had about four of them, and I believe that trances, when it got to like the third one, it even got to the point where they couldn't even afford him anymore. Like, what's his name? Um, uh, oh, yeah, I can't remember the guy. Terrible, name. I can't remember. It's, but this is off the cuff, you see. So, but the last one, I think he just appeared at the beginning, and then they did a, a body swap, and they had a woman playing his part, but it was him inside. Mm. You see. So I think I think trances. I really do. I think trances. And he added, JR, it's JR Southall, our writer who's been with us since I took over. And he's, he's been writing, watching Doctor Who. And he's, he's you know, he's your go-to guy. He's, he's written quite a few books on the subject. Our, and our huru. He's our huru, and it still doesn't sound right. It looks great mm. on paper, but it doesn't look right when you say it. It doesn't sound right, rather. Mm. And the... Uh, and also, and some people may know him as the other part in the e- Eternal Moffat, um, uh, Moffat, Southall Mount. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tri- tri- love triangle. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> should bring it up. I've been. It's been a while since it's kicked off. Yeah, love slash hate. Triangle. Yeah, and um, so he's added one here saying, "P.S. It's Doctor Who's fifty fourth birthday tomorrow. What's your favourite Doctor Who story?" 
Go on, Martin. Oh, see, I, I, it's probably been well known. I'm not the massive Doctor Who fan. Mm. I remember it as a kid. And the one that I do remember the most is probably Robot. Yeah. Which was that Tom Baker's first one? It was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, just remember I, your iconic robot. Well, there was a massive, massive hype over that episode mm. because John Pertwee, when the show started, obviously, it's it's synonymous with William Hartnell. And William Hartnell, the, do- the Doctor is this older, grey-haired guy, you know, bit doddery and um and a bit of an anti-hero at the beginning then you've got it patrick troughton which everybody thinks patrick troughton's era was this big commercial success no people loved that guy in that role and later on the the air the era has been sort of granted almost a mythological status because a lot of it's missing yeah Mm. and he's no doubt patrick Troughton's very popular but when you come to commerciality and this is arguable. I'm just saying my personal opinion. John Pertwee was the most commercial one at that time, I think, yeah. because he was more action oriented. He transcended a little bit. Well. Yeah, and he played the part, and he had the Who-mobile, and you had all the you had an ensemble cast as well. Then with Unit and all the rest of it, and and that was the point where I think Doctor Who came back from get, heading a little bit under Trout and to be not as mass audience as it was. Mm. It came back with a vengeance with him. And by the way, that's in no way I'm knocking Patrick Troughton because those stories, believe me, they're the stuff of legend, some of them. And I just feel it was very, very commercial when John Pertwee was Doctor Who. And when he was leaving, that was the first time when me, I I was aware vaguely, but I was really young, I had to Mm. see that and the repeat. The... um, the crossover, the regeneration, this, again, was the first time where it was almost as if John Pertwee had always been Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that first episode you're talking about, there was a massive uh, interest in that. Who is Because no one had heard of Tom Baker. Yeah. Nobody knew who that guy was. Nobody. And I think um, JR described him as... Uh, Sure, he can he can correct me on this if I'm if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I've read somewhere where he's described him as is the man who the, the Tom Baker, the man who was born to play Doctor Who. He was just that yeah. guy, you know. It, he was that it, it, odd. It became yeah the phenomena yeah. after that. Yeah, and that was then it hit. Yeah, it went from being very commercial to to just ugh, a powerhouse show. Then now my favourite Doctor Who stories are from the the Holmes era and stuff like, you know, Brain and Morbius, Talons of Wang Chiang. These things were getting me involved in wanting to watch Hammer horror movies more mm. because the, the the tropes and the stuff that's involved. But I've got my favourite and it's at the beginning and I know it's not perfect and it's, it's Terry Nation's Genesis of the Daleks. The reason being I'm young and then all of a sudden... Uh, the Daleks are on. I've seen repeats of the mm. shows with with them on before. I've seen them with John Pertwee. I've seen the movies with Peter Cushing. Then all of a sudden, this show, at a time when going backwards and forwards to points in the history of an, its own show, looking at its own mythology, was really radical. Yeah, mm. And, oh, my God, they're going back to the beginning where the Daleks are created. And then all of a sudden, Davros turns up and I'm going, shit, look at that. He's on a Dalek base. He's he's the guy who must have made him. And I remember being a kid and it was blowing my mind, this. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm here at the beginning of this. He used to freak me out. Yeah. Um, Davros is brilliant. I mean, I love his 
I had a business partner who had rants like that when he'd get annoyed with the staff. You know, he'd be going, it's not enough, you haven't sorted this bar out, you need to do better. And he'd go, go crazy, just like Davros, you know. Davros is a great character. I mean, you know, he's been played by a lot of different people, but I did that first time round, I mean, he's the, he's the Sean Connery of Davros, is, is he, you know, but um, wish he wasn't it. Um, Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So I hope that's answered that, JR. And by the way, you did mention that you've got an early start tomorrow and you get a small person to get to bed. Now, I'm hoping that you're going to let me know when Ruben needs his own copy sending of, of Starburst mm. because, you know, you've got to get them early on. You've got to teach them. The first words coming out of the mouths have got to be, you know, they've, they've got to be Gallifrey or something, you know. Get them, get them early. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be no worries with that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're just saying, though, but, but, but a child's got to have his own copy. Yeah, yeah. His own copy. You can't just let him read yours, JR. As well. So you let me know when we need that. That'll be, it's like a coming of age, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll tell you something, it's a lot less painful than a circumcision. There you go. <laughs> speaking from experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the, you know I'm honest about these things. Yeah. It's no, very clean, actually. Surprising. No skin off my nose. God, what a bad gag. Man, that's that have you been saving that up for years until you were sat with somebody who'd had a, who'd been circumcised. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it doesn't come up in conversation. It I've doesn't. never I've never asked anybody. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I'm glad it doesn't come up as well. No. Oh. Say something though, it's clean. It's very clean. Anyway, we've got a last few emails before we um before this is a disgrace, this show, isn't it? Got a few more emails before we go to the this news. This is the most sober show we've ever done. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm on, I'm on it. I've got me, you know, got my little tech issues out of the way now. And I've got, uh, we've got a load of stuff to do here. When we get back, we're going to try and zoom ahead with some of this news because loads of stuff's been going on. Yeah, yeah. Ross Unsworth. No. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, good evening, chaps. Finally, I watched an episode. I'll buy it by mistake of The Walking Dead. Well, it's, it's, I don't know which episode, though. He says, uh, is this... What people have been raving on about for eight seasons, I have to say you are all easily pleased. What a sack of cat. For me, a good show should stand episode by episode so that if a random stumbles across it, they would be hooked to watch the rest. What Like what happened when I stumbled on The Good Doctor. See, I'm with you, Russ, and I'm not with you. There's two, two reasons where this is an appetite for modern television where things have been skewed a bit, and I'm not going to blame everybody for that. Um and the the reason being, say, for example, Breaking Bad, there's no mm. way you can watch an episode of Breaking Bad. No way. You can't, unless it's the first one. Yeah. You cannot dip into Breaking Bad. And there's a lot of shows like that. And people, they're not being made because the producers are trying to deliberately force big, massive story outs. They're being made because those type of shows are the ones that people are watching. And I'm and with... And stories to be told. But so. I'm, yeah, but I'm with Russ on the... I love standalone episodes here and there mm. i love it i like i i liked star trek deep space nine because you could dip in and out and watch single episodes of star trek with that but there was a story arc that went through the whole seven years and every now and again you'd buffy have one was e the same pardon buffy was the same buffy the same yeah mm. uh, and buffy was was more was less onerous as well because it, it had a big bad for each season mm. so you could watch individual episodes but if you then had watched all of it the end the final two episodes had always been the big 
fight against the big villain who'd been yeah. throughout it. And I think those shows are great because they give you both. They give you, you can dip in and out, watch them, know who the characters are, have a good time. But for people who are obsessed with character development and story arcs, they're getting that. It was all downhill, Russ, after Babylon 5. That's all what I, I, I have to say on that as we go to the news. We're the graveyard tramps. We rise from our graves <laughs> to make men our slaves. When guys climb in our coffins, they never come back. When the moon comes up, we'll take you down. We get our hands on every stiff in the joint. Graveyard Tramps. Rated R. Absolutely no one under 17 admitted without parent or certified adult guardian. Starburst Magazine, issue 443. Available from a newsagent near you. Or download to your tablet today. Across the world, 24 hours a day, this is Fat Radio International. Hello and welcome back to the final segment tonight of Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And we've got a few emails to go through and then we're going to head on with the news and then we're going to end the show with a review of a movie i think you were all aware of this movie this little yeah. small independent it's a, little movie it's only, it's only had a, a small weekend opening anyway, yeah so. it has yeah, yeah. <laughs> no we uh we of course jest it is justice league the review what do we think of it well i've got loads of things to talk about that i reckon will be about quarter of an hour and then we're going to get stuck into that one and that'll be the last half hour of the show oh no i mean i'm vociferous with uh, defense as i am with attack when it comes to these sort of things if i feel that a movie is being unfairly you know slated i will i will explain why and equally as you found out with wonder woman i'm i when i'm not drinking your kool-aid it's not my Kool-Aid. No, I'm talking like them. Oh, right. They're the you. I'm, I'm, we, me and you, you know we are talking to them. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Well, I forget we're just... If, you're in, if we're in your ears now, that we're talking to you. He don't really, he's not got that I yet. I know, I'm not into he's that. He's not into that. He don't want to be, he don't want to be in your ears. So, <laughs> Chris Saunders. I'm saying that, I, I'm assuming it's Chris Saunders because your email address has got that name in it. Yeah. I'm not going to give the whole email address out, otherwise you'll get people from this show sending you weird pictures. Yeah. Which we, we sometimes get, by the way, I'm just saying. Happy anniversary, he says. If I remember correctly, the first issue of Starburst also had an article on The Prisoner, which introduced me to that programme for the first time, as well as Star Wars. Heady days, Chris. Guess what, Chris? I'm very impressed. You're wrong, but only by one issue. Issue number two had the article you're talking about in, and it's and it had an amazing picture of Patrick McGowan, a big full page that introduced it. I started to watch the television show because I read the same thing. I was a child. I read that. It was in issue number two, and it was a full piece all on the prisoner. I'd not, I knew that my mum had watched it. I asked my mum about the show and I said, what is this, this, the prison, what's it about? And she explained it to me. And then Channel 4 mm. repeated it and put it on. 
and that I got to see it for the first time. I'd seen one episode of it on a Best of British series that they put out one weekend, and I thought that was incredible. I actually think ITV repeated it before Channel 4. I'm not sure, but they I used to put it, it on late at night. It was on really late at night. I think that's probably yeah. when you actually re-watched it. Yeah, re-watched it on Channel because 4. Because I remember seeing it, I'm sure it was ITV. Right, well... Either way, I I remember I, when I first started to become a massive fan was at that point, and I still think it's one of the most important TV shows ever made. And um, you know, I, I and we've seen what a remake of that turned out like. So let's not um, let's not uh, even go into the the remake of that one. Paul Ripley, our station manager, our hero, the, our our guy who's looking after everything yeah. and making sure that is he telling us off. No, no, we're not in trouble. Oh, he's going on about the Orville again. I, Mark and Martin, just had to email in about the Orville. I've been wondering why I like it so much, and it's simple as this. It reminds me of Sunday afternoons many, many years ago as a kid watching Star Trek. It was never frightening or hard to follow, yet it had a glow of its own, hence the Orville. Although quite crappy and misplaced humour, it does hit the right comfort notes. P.S. Oh, right. Do not read this Do out. Do not read this out. <laughs> As as uh, I've left my phone in the office and cannot text you, not had a reply. Oh, God. Really? Oh, yeah, it was ringing before. Oh, God. Well, yeah, you have left your phone in the office then, Paul. Sorry It's about not that. been stolen again. Well, why do people... God, Paul, why do you put... Don't read this out at the end. Oh, don't read this bit out. Right. <laughs> Shit. He meant to read the first bit, but not after the PS. Oh, God, it's yeah. like taking an exam, isn't it? Yeah. Too complicated for me, Paul. Anyway, sorry. No mm. problem. Anyway, we'll look after your phone. We, yeah. we, we, We're Martin, not going to be taking selfies. Martin will put it on eBay. You're fine. Linda says, I have never had the nerve to email him, but tonight was different. Ooh. See? Break, Things can break, change. Breaking down people's Things nerves. can change. I want, and I don't mean like Brexit. No. You know, I mean in a that's, positive way. That's never going to uh, change well, is Tonight it? was different. I wanted just to share with you how much I enjoy my late nights on a Wednesday with you two. Huge fan, Linda. Thank you, Linda. There that's you go. Nice. Well, it's better than some of the grief I've had this weekend. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So that that's that's fantastic. Loz is saying, evening, what's your view on the Punisher? I really have mixed feelings. Okay, quick five minutes, two, three minutes on the Punisher. Yeah, because I've not seen it yet. So. Right. I have watched episode one. There's been a lot of stuff on because the CW came back, loads of stuff. I've got piles of stuff that I've, I've got to go through. He's got piles. Yeah, and, and we're... Tra- no, not yet. We're... <laughs> Trying to get uh, we're trying to get this magazine done for the fortieth, and then uh, you know the website I'm a bit behind. But I managed to catch the first episode of the Punisher. Now, I am happy with how it started. It starts very much with it's the tail end of him getting revenge on a bunch of people, and then he he actually hangs his uh, skull vest up. Well, he don't hang it up. He, he uh, very uh, ritualistically burns it. Like I'm done now. I'm off, and he's then. Done. He's finished with like uh, murdering rampages of revenge, yeah. and he's to get a job at Tesco. Not quite Tesco, but a job where he can he can exercise some of his demons in a positive way. And I'll do them. But all but I enjoyed this first episode because all throughout the time I do like him as the Punisher, and I don't think that it's got this Garth Ennis type feel that the uh, comic books that I like with the Punisher and the recent ones have have had. But it's lacking something there. But I did like the aspect that all the way through the first episode and waiting, right, what's going to spark him off? What's going to mm. set him back onto it? And yes, as when something inevitably does, my God, I have never seen so many bones broken 
in uh, in ten minutes. Did they do the teasy bit though? You where you just you know, is that gonna be the one who oh, was all it the way, that? All the way it's like a powder keg, you're thinking, in it, oh in a minute he's gonna stove this guy's head in or do that. Someone said um, that wrong thing, looked in the wrong oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah, and you are waiting for that. Spill you are really pan. waiting for it. And I, I yeah, when it comes it's satisfying. Uh oh, that sounds a bit more. There's a sound bite for you guys. It's it so I'm early doors, yeah, and I'm gonna cane some of this this weekend and Try and catch some more of it, and maybe by next week. I bet week you don't do anything this weekend. You just write. Possibly, some, you can write Sunday off right now. Well, maybe. Yeah, we go. We can, we we do have a lot on, don't we? Yes. So, yes, we've. Um, yeah, back on the uh, subject that of episodes of television programs. Mm. Just a quick update on The Walking Dead. And obviously we've been covering it over the last few weeks. And the all-out war, which in the comic book is the, the big final face-off with Negan and his team um, and the, our guys, Rick and co. The, yeah, yeah, it's it's not like in the comic books, this was a triumph. It went down like gangbusters. It was a brilliant 11-part, 12-part story, which which was the culmination of years of, of build-up. Mm. And it, it people loved it. It was a beloved story, all out war in the in the pantheon of the comic book. People love it. How's it gone on screen? Well, ratings have gone off a cliff this this year. The first episode was all right. Second one, massive drop off, forty odd percent. It's it's now, even though it was on the slide and we mentioned it in the last show when we were doing the podcast, the it's now registered episode five, which full confessional i'm gonna watch maybe tonight or tomorrow i um it's got its lowest ratings since season two it's the it's the second worst ratings of an episode of it it has fallen it's basically seems to have lost its commercial following its casual viewer they've seemed to have just deserted it in droves and it's i think it's just the sort of hardcore genre fan that's watching it now yeah there is some of that but I've been really enjoying it yeah I mean there's there's parts in it I get the criticism of some of it I do I mean the it's not quite the same show this is more like a a multi-part war sort of movie and it's not quite what some people have signed on for, I well, guess. People have been criticising it when it was having the padding episodes and this, that, and the other. Oh no, and... they've always been. I've been there. You know? I went in the farmhouse episodes in the early, and I mean with Herschel's farm and all yeah, that. Yeah. I was a bit. Oh come on, let's get a move on. Let's go. And the lost kid. But but yeah, you that that, had a great payoff. Though. But it did have a good payoff. I'll say that. I don't know. We'll have to keep you informed and see how it goes. But I'm hearing off a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I saw, I don't go off social media that much, but Facebook was vitriolic over Sunday's episode. It, it, and I quote somebody that I f- not follow religiously, but there's a few people you read. Jesus. Who, no, oh God, <laughs> there's no, no <laughs> religiosity with me, believe me. Somebody that I trust the judgment on i remember there was basically saying oh my god five stinkers out of five so far no Just, that's rubbish i think people are overreacting i think um sometimes the the mob mentality kicks in when someone's uh, but you know this this week's i've not gonna spoil it for you but it does mm. do what i've 
I've said this season's doing. Yeah. It's showing you a different part of the same timeline. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and anybody, you know, I was on this show and I said there was another timeline going on on Westworld mm. and it turned out to be the case. It, it's quite common now. But there you go, common narrative style for modern TV, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. It's, Look, it's, it, Arrow, it, flashbacks. You know, everything's happening at once. So you're thinking yeah. it, it's not getting anywhere. Yeah. But all these little little wars are taking place all at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it may, may be the best, but I think that the payoff may be too much a whole season. Possibly. I think maybe um, even Deep Space Nine, when they had the, the war, the big Dominion war that went on, it was six episodes. And you had to be careful because, you know, you didn't want to lose lose the casual viewer. Mm. Um, and it looks like that might have uh, occurred. So um, what else is there? Well, we've had a bit more... Um, Accusations. People have been falling like uh, f- falling like trees with the chopping block. Uh, like um, I'm just talking nonsense, aren't I? Yeah. How can you're, I put you're that? You're mixing better? your metaphors. I am mixing metaphors. They basically every single day there's somebody else, and the latest, like Jeffrey Tambor, who's in Arrested Development. That guy, mm. um, he's gone because he because he he's had to leave the TV show Transparent because of harassment claims. Uh, Rashida Jones. Uh, Toy Story 4, she was famously somebody that was drafted in. Rashida Jones, people know her, I hope they do. Very funny lady, very good writer. She was in uh, Parks and Recreation. Mm. Brilliant, good comedy writer. And she left and there were always rumours about it and pretty much she's confirmed that she left because... The, she didn't like the way she was being treated. She said that she didn't like the way that women were being treated, especially women of colour, which doesn't sound great. And uh, and this comes out on the uh, tail end of John Lasseter, the head of Pixar, uh, saying that he needs to take six months off because he admits that, you know, is there's been some missteps and that uh, he apologises for anyone who received an unwanted cock. Hog. Oh, hug, was it? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I must have uh, mis- miswrote that when I was copying it down. The problem with this is I, I guarantee you, yeah, that there is going to be something else that comes out. There's going to be all sorts. But... No, with him, I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this... yeah. He's not, he's not, he's not, this is not missteps and miss unwanted hooks. He's you not, know. he's not given up and gone on a sabbatical for six months from head of Pixar because of some unwanted hooks. You know what it's like. No you're way. You're wandering down the hall. I'm not wandering down the and, hall and at you're, all. You're le- you know, I'm someone's just... going up to you, 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 you trip. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, you, and your witch ends up in somebody. I'll bet it did. I'll bet it did. I, I'm just giving you now, I can give you a, a Starburst radio guarantee that the head of Pixar, um, there will be some other stories. And he ain't. This ain't about unwanted hugs, trust me. Anyway, um, and somebody else has been going on about uh, stuff like this has been Alan Page, and she's uh, but but it's, she's been rewarded by she's getting the head in the Umbrella Academy for Netflix, so that's oh. good. So there's some positive stuff to come out of this crap. But but I've got to say, I just I'm the, my worry about this is we're going to get numb to this soon. Well, it's going to be like, oh, well, he's been accused of whatever. And as long as it's not rape, they might get a pass at some point. Well, there's, there's been accusations against George Takai. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> 
I couldn't believe the George Takai one. Yeah. Because that that's... It, I mean, seriously, Etu, George. I mean, if he's been at it, I give up. But you see, I trusted him. I think a lot of it is, you know, Good misjudgments Lord. on people who have just, you know, tried it on with somebody. And and it's not... Every time you try it on with somebody... Yeah, you can't just necessi- dismiss all is, of it. No, like that, I'm, not, I'm not dismissing you know. all of it. I'm not belittling any of it. I know you know. Um, I know. Yeah. I know you wouldn't. You would be really angry with somebody who did some of this. Stuff. Yeah, absolutely. God I know yeah. you would. I God know yeah. you well enough to know but, that. But I and think, they, you know, I think a lot of the way it's being portrayed is is being brought up. And, and I don't want to sound like I'm bloody being like Morrissey because I've hated yeah. everything he said recently. Uh, Morrissey, you know, Mo- Morrissey can Morrissey can fuck off. Yeah, thank so, you. I'm sorry. glad you said that. No, seriously, but, Morrissey can fuck off. Morrissey is a pious, opinionated prick, and and knows much as whatever pleasure I got out of him as a kid. And listening to his stuff, listening to, to you know a double decker bus crashes into us. Yeah, really good when you you, you know you're 16 and you're trying to find yourself and you've got some emo and feeding you that stuff it, it it can make you feel better about yourself and not as isolated so mm. yes there was that point and he was helpful and in, in your development and early days get it good songwriter great great artist whatever just shut up yeah. shut up going on about stuff stop being a dickhead the 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 guy two weeks ago cancels cancels a gig that everybody's actually at 10 minutes before he's about to go on because the stage heat is not working. Oh, you delicate little butterfly. And you go on stage under Deli- the lights, you've got to be bothered anyway. Yeah, no, that's, that's, no, that's, that's sorry. Thing, if there's anybody who's a fan of his, I still, I respect your opinion to hang in there, but he's being a real bellend at the moment. Yeah, but but there's also another side to things. People are just going to, you know, you go into a club, someone's going to try it on with somebody. Yeah. I've chat them up, this, that and the other. Oh. It's not going to be welcome all the time. Out of this. All they're... they need to know is, you know, get that, get the message of, you know, oh, yeah, I'm not yeah, interested, yeah, walk yeah. away. Out of this toxic cloud of abuse, and that's the best way of putting it, because what we started with Weinstein. I I was away for the, for the, uh, for that was two weeks over there. And by the time I got back in the UK, I, it's dizzying, the, the amount, every single mm. day, because you're out and about, and every time you go back in signal, I'd just get two or three Sky News alerts, two or three BBC alerts, and it's all such and such allegations, such and such. This. Yeah. Then Kevin Spacey started, and my God, that one's had legs, hasn't it? And then all the rest of it, and it's getting to the point where, Jesus Christ, where, where, you, it's, who, who hasn't been doing this? You, you know? see, the problem is the ones that are desperate, you know, that really do yeah. deserve to... Uh, oh, there's a lot of bad guys that, out that, here that, getting that called mean, out. But yeah. the, the, the ones that we, we do need to sort of bring down are not touchable. Yeah. And I'm not mentioning any names. Oh, no, no. What, give me a clue and I'll mention it. Um, if you pass gas. Who? What? People that know what they're out there. I don't know what that is. I don't know who that is. What, if what's I figure the, that out. What's the British equivalent of having a Trump? Oh, I've just said it, haven't I? Oh, you've just <laughs> said it, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, well, that's not. We can say that because he's, no, he's not allowed to sue us. Why is he not allowed to sue us? Because he's in power and it's, it's it, these various ways where he, it, his position actually makes it very difficult to sue. No, Donald Trump is a is a molester. He's a molester of women. He's and he, also, he brags about it. He's a pig. He's a pig. He's a pig of a human being and he's a molester. So but, there you, know, you go. Anyway, that's, that's enough of that one. There you go, passing gas. I thought you meant gaslighting in a petrol station. So I was getting confused. <laughs> Bloody hell. So another piece of stunning news. This I had to say this. This changes the subject totally. The two... 
devastating ones, you know, real big ones. Yeah, Justin Smith getting that from the get down. He's uh, got a gig on the Detective Pikachu movie that we're all waiting for. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. You're reviewing that it's one. Pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. It's pathetic, isn't it? Pathetic. Detective. Who, who wants to see that? Kids. Detective Kids. Pikachu. Kids will love it. Oh, well, good on them. Good on them. Yeah. I'd wish for better for them. Anyway, uh, animated Japanese Godzilla uh, movie, Godzilla Planet of the Monsters, hit hits Asian cinemas. And it's it's out now, and it seems to be being well received. I've not obviously so I've not seen it no, yet. No, because we're not available to I us. I know, but I'm looking forward to it. But they've announced a sequel, and this is the bit that I just thought was a, a humorous bit. Martin, mm. are you aware what it is? Is this our our finally? It is our finally, yeah. yeah. Um, the sequel's announced, and it is Godzilla. It, obviously, they've not got the point there. They're trying to market it for here yet. Yeah, so yeah. it's Godzilla, Godzilla, Kesson, Kido, Sashoko, Toshi. So what does that translate into? Go on. And I bet you can't wait to see this movie when I tell you what it's called in, in our terms. Godzilla Battle Mobile Breeding City. Perfect. And it's going to be with us soon, that one. So Godzilla Battle Mobile Breeding City. I think that one's... Uh... I think they're going to have to do a bit more with the translation on no, that. No, I think, I think that's a goal just like that. I can just see the poster, can't you? Absolutely <laughs> fabulous. So, Oh, and, what, no, and one final, final... And finally, um, Avatar 2. James Cameron is having tech issues with mocap underwater because obviously it's a bit, it's a lot more difficult with all the things. So I've got, I just thought we could give him a bit of advice and go, look, I can see you're having trouble, Jimbo. Give it up. Yeah, you know what? We won't, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. We'll get by if you don't make it. We'll be fine. Just, just. Don't don't bother with your underwater mocap and go and do something else. Yeah. Anyway. Get a job. Anyway, Justice League. We've been to see it. Yep. And ahead of the inevitable within the next, oh, what do you reckon, three weeks? I'm saying within three weeks, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have the announcement that uh, Mr. Gyllenhaal is replacing Affleck as Batman. Yeah, he's because, certainly the front runner in it. Yeah, he's just a, well. I'm, it sounds too certain that the, the you know the sources are too bloody reliable. I mean, I reckon that he's been told, yeah, you're not announcing you're going until this movie is so finished. So we've got a few dollars. Yeah, three four weeks in on release. Yeah, so get ready for that one. We'll put it on the uh, on StarburstMagazine.com the minute the news breaks. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what did we reckon to the movie? Martin, do you want to start, shall I? Uh, well, we don't need to go over the synopsis, do we? Because, we know what it is. Because everybody knows waiting. where it is. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we've we've got a t- problems with this from the start because of the, the troubles with the production. Yeah. And uh, we've tried to give it the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, let's see if Joss Whedon can pull it out yeah. of the bag. In a nutshell, it, they, they were making the movie... I, it was going to be approaching about a two-hour, 50-minute opus. It was very much similar to the aesthetic from Batman versus Superman. But unfortunately, the uh, the aesthetic and the reaction to Batman versus Superman threw them into panic. They started doing reshoots of most of the movies. This was the big rescue job. At the same time, the uh, Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide. A horrific situation, he backed off, so then they're left with a movie that's mid-reshoots anyway, so they got Joss Whedon, hoping that he could lighten it, and therefore you had a very similar situation, although there wasn't a major fallout 
involved, which there was in the, the movie Superman and Superman 2. But in Superman 2, the uh, Richard Donner was doing it, fell out. There was an argument over the direction of yeah. the movie. They wanted more comedy in that, actually. Superman 2 and then Richard Lester finished it off. The result being a very seamless, really successful movie, one of the most yeah. successful superhero movies ever made. That That is similar to this. And are we, have we got a seamless um, movie? Uh, not in the slightest. Mm. It's the first for the for the first hour. It's almost like a, a long montage. Yeah, it is. No, no scene lasts longer than a couple of minutes. Yeah, and there's also virtually every other scene has got a, a quick wit, witted remark. Absolutely, or, yeah, and, and, yeah. It, and none of them yeah. hit. And, yeah. and the only ones that do yeah. hit are in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just what what can I say? I I was I was hoping that the Joss Whedon I like I like his work, I, but prior to Man of Steel, I like Zack Snyder. I thought he did a good job on Watchmen. Mm. I thought that was a lot better than a lot of people thought at the time. I just just don't think that Zack Snyder was suited in hindsight, to Superman because he took that aesthetic that worked with Watchmen and he didn't realise that that is not... that that was supposed to be dark, gods of bunks, men, mm. all that. We Nobody really wanted that with Superman. They wanted a modern version of the Superman that, that Chris Reeves gave us. Yeah. They wanted a less cheesy, more up-to-date version of that character. And they they uh, they also got carried away with the Nolan Batman and that success. They went, well, let's yeah. let's just let's let Zack Snyder do what he did. We watched him with a little soup son of uh, of um, Nolan in there, and we got a winner. No, no, you didn't have a winner. You had a mopey, miserable Balan that that wasn't that likable. And the movie again, he was so un Superman. It's untrue. Didn't go down well. That's a problem. So. Here's the here's the the thing I I take from this. This movie is a Franken movie. Mm. It's obvious where the joins are. You can see where it's a Whedon piece. You can see where it's a Zack Snyder bit. There are uh, points where, within seconds, the colour palette changes. Mm. The the costumes, uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, whatever, they go brighter in between scenes and then you'll you'll hit another scene in a battle scene where it's obviously Snyder and the colour palette's different and they've tried the best to try and make all this fit. Throw into the mix loads of other odd things like Henry Cavill having a moustache and contractually not able to shave the moustache so they CGI his top lip and the result I am not jumping on some bandwagon here. I'd love to say it's not as bad as everybody's saying, but it's terrible. And it's and noticeable, it, and that's the worst bit about it. it so. It's distracting. Mm. It's distracting. The the plus side to this, characterisation wise, again, Gal Gadot was Wonder Woman in here without all the pretentious, um, you know, stuff that was, uh, you know, everybody jumped on in the in the, the her solo movie here. She's serviceable again. She was she's a stronger character in this one. Yeah, I quite enjoyed her. Um, Aquaman, if you buy into this new version of Aquaman, he does a fair job. The Flash is comedy sidekick. I'm sort of... He's all right. He's a bit uh, too funny, though. It, without being funny. Well, it's at odds in the tone of this movie yeah. because you've still got lots of the Zack Snyder, dark, gods amongst men sort of approach to it, mm. and, and it doesn't fit well. 
then, you know, Cyborg, I'm sorry, that guy, I mean, God, he's handicapped because half his face is missing. It's hard to emote when you've got facial prosthetics. That's what I've said of criticism of these Klingons that are in the new Star Trek. You, you, An actor needs face facial expressions to get some of the acting done. Some people do the best acting without saying a word. Yeah. And they, so you've got this guy with half his... His face obscured, so I'll give him a pass. But even with half his face obscured, he was just boring. And it's Cyborg is a character. He 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 was a character created to have a sort of update modern superhero. He's added to the roster of the Teen Titans back in the day in the eighties. And he, for some reason, Jeff Johns, head of DC Comics, thinks this guy is an amazing an essential component of it, whereas all us comic book fans, we don't, we don't like him. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. Sorry, yeah. DC Extended Universe. We're talking he about, sucks. Uh, he sucks. He sucks massive donkey balls. Talking about emoting and using your face. Mm. The CGI on Steppenwolf. Was, Steppenwolf. Was absolutely diabolical. Another, hit, another problem with the film. It was supposed to be two parts. The first part was going to be Steppenwolf, who was, um, and all the mother box stuff, and then I'm assuming that they were supposed to just defeat Steppenwolf, but but they were too late to stop a rift opening. And this movie was going to end with the in, on incoming war with Apocalypse Darkseid, the big boss who is one of the most iconic comic book villains. Mm. The in the look of of Darkseid, the way he was drawn by Jack Kirby. Referenced in there as well. Yeah. Still, so. Yeah. He was supposed to be, there was supposed to be a link. He was supposed to be at the end of this. And they've decided, well, we don't know if we're going to reboot all this. There's no point going that. And we don't want to blow our load on this. So we'll just keep this as to one battle with him. Well, <clears throat> that's like doing a remake of Goldfinger and you don't have Auric Goldfinger, the big bad you fight at the end is odd job. Mm. It's just an anticlimax. Yeah, yeah. you, you've got the odd job man there. You've, you've fought <laughs> his henchman. He's not. He's just not not good enough. It's not dramatic enough and a CGI monstrosity, and not in a good way. No, it's just. It was just it, that was that was throwing me out more than anything. You know, it I mean, looked, it looked like you I were mean, you watching had a cutscene. Karen Hines game. doing the voice, and he, he's bloody good, isn't he? Mm. He's great. So there you go. I mean. I've got to say that also, here's the bit, when it comes to the resurrection of Superman, no, mm. you know he's coming back. It's yes, not a no spoiler. spoilers. Okay. That was so throwaway, it's untrue. And the, the, the way that they discovered, oh, I bet if we shove him in that and then we stick this in it, it'll work. Yeah, they, there was no revelation as to the, they've discovered how to bring him back. No. They would have done better just... Following on from the end of the other movie, you saw the coffin, you saw the lid vibrating, you saw stuff. Why don't you just treat it that his body was regenerating himself yeah. in his solar cells and then slowly, when they're all, hope is lost. All hope is lost. He just bloody well turns up. Did yeah. you notice the, that scene in the uh, the trailer wasn't in it? Yeah, I know. Where Alfred's saying, I hope you've... I'm not I, even I, sure that was Superman. No, it probably wasn't. It was probably uh, Lois Lane or something. Maybe. That's so, another scene. There were lots and lots and lots of scenes. So here's the problem. You have a movie that was shot that should have been two hours, 50 minutes long. It's been cut down to just under two hours by edict of, of the powers that be. So 
you've cut out all the Superman scenes and all the Superman scenes pretty much except for one small one are, are all the Whedon scenes. Mm. They've all been reshot. Now, the good part of that is that means that Henry Cavill, he was great as Superman. Yeah. He was. He had that exactly what I was wanting from the first movie. When he first comes back, he's he's got he's still a bit of a dick. But, yeah, of course. Yeah, but, but there's a reason know, for that. He's just yeah. he's just been resurrected. Yeah. And he, um, and it's not so bad. It's great. And and then when he does actually come back, and he is that figure of hope and all that. Because when they were talking about resurrecting him, Batman, he's going, "No, oh, I bring him back because he's a beacon. This planet needs him." And I think, well, at no stage during Man of Steel. Or Batman versus Superman. Mm. Have you ever seen any character that that has behaved in a way to foster that? But like again, the, that that Superman that we saw in them two movies. You can't equate that to this beacon of hope that he was going on about. Again, that that's the Nolan thing where all the good adventures happen off screen. I know. Yeah. Well, forget it. I'm not buying into it anymore. I'm sick to sick to death of it. To be honest, I mean, some of the some of the stuff that gone on. I mean, I think. I don't know what I say. It's a... I mean, I'll give you my one-word review of the DC Extended Universe project so far. Botched. Mm. Botched. That's the word. It's botched. Yeah. It's been botched from beginning to end. Misjudged. Yeah, and every single movie carries the sins of the father. The, 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 uh, the original movie gave us a Superman that didn't resonate. So then they bring up another movie where they hope to address the fact he didn't care about everybody dying in Metropolis and all that. Tried to, to uh, address that, tried to do it. And then give us, a, again, the dark aesthetic. So they didn't understand that was another reason that it failed. So then, even then, they try and reshoot stuff. Wonder Woman, I'm sorry, that, that fight at the end of Wonder Woman, it was it was the same as the fight at the end of Batman v Superman, that that overblown CGI boar fest. Yeah. And then you you have uh, then in the middle of this Suicide Squad where if any one of these films could have benefited mm. from being dark, the same aesthetic, that dark aesthetic, yeah, yeah. it's that one. And they decide to go and recut that into some weird, again, another Franken movie where there's, you can tell where the reshoots were. You could tell what bits were the dark vision that was originally there and the rest that's been recut and, and all the comedy crap that's been forced on it. And, you know, and here we are, and, and I'm sorry, but Justice League suffers from all of the rot from the beginning of the project to now. It's, it, it's just flawed. And the flaws of the previous movies have contaminated all the, the subsequent movies leading up to this point. Now, this movie, I'm going to shock you all listening now. I don't think it's that bad. I actually, I enjoyed watching it. Would I watch it again? I'm on the fence, maybe. I I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going yeah, to enjoy absolutely. it, which is just, it's Damning with faint praise, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot wrong with it, but yeah. You know, All right. Well, let you, me you give. You didn't have time to be bored. Okay. Let Let's go with what What's right with it? Again, Superman. Thank you for giving us the Superman you should have given us right from the get go. Because if that was right, when he died in Batman versus Superman, we might have given a shit. Yeah. We might exactly. have actually given a shit, which nobody instead did. of just telling us that. It's, yeah. That's what's happening. Um, I say. Um, Again, Amy Adams, great as Lois Lane, but what a point has seen seemed a little pointless to me. Mm. Um, Jim Gordon, uh, J.K. Simmons, again, Un underused. Yeah, he was he was good, but Simmons is great. 
Mm. He's great in everything. He's a wonderful bloody actor. He's brilliant. The uh, say the the um, the aesthetic when they got it right and the balance was right. There were scenes there where I thought, well, I would have liked to have seen this version. Mm. So they came close to it. The usage of Elfman's score in it was good. Mm. That was one of the better of the, the soundtrack scores for it. Again, what what else can I say? Yeah, I'm trying to think of something like the color grading. That they tried to redress that with some of the uh, the uh, Whedon scenes, but but it's jarring. Mm. But it's, they it's at a, least it's got a very dark right. visual film. Yeah, um, which I know there's certain uh, critics that go on about the the yeah. dark of darker yeah. versions of 3D yeah. and things like that. And I saw it in 2D and it was very dark. So I I I made a decision to watch it in 2D mm. because I couldn't stand in 3D the end of Batman v Superman because it was a it was just giving me a migraine. All this crap CGI bombarding you with mm. with stuff flying left, right, and centre, and I'm like, oh god, this, can't this just end? You know. And this again. I suspected the battle at the end would be very similar, and it was. You guys had loads of parademons flying around, stuff blowing up everywhere, you know. But but say when I'm back on on um, you know that we've talked about good stuff, I'll give you some some of my bad stuff if mm. you've got any. Well, you know. I've, I've mentioned most of mine, I think. Okay, stuff that I found slightly off-putting. Yeah, I I whilst being a benefit that it's under two hours and a, and a, a breeze to in that it, it's in and it's out and you didn't have to suffer too long. Uh, the fact you are aware that it's, it almost feels like a trailer for the, for the film. Cause it's so that's, that's, quick. That's what I was saying. No scene was, was yeah. long enough. Didn't feel. So it, it, yeah. Ironically, it needed to be a little bit longer. Yeah. And as such, I'm sorry, but the storytelling here, bad thing. Storytelling was atrocious because of that. The one bit that, that gets me, I cannot believe the scene where they just leave, they, they fight and then they get this mother box, which is one of the three MacGuffins. Yeah. The, and then they leave it the, in the, it. the Tesseract Infinity, Infinity yeah. Boxes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever. And um, they get it. There's loads of trouble. And then um, they get a bit distracted, leave it on a car park and the bad guy nicks it. Yeah. That's literally and what happens. And Oh, he's got it. Oh. oh, he's got it. Oh, shit, that's bad. We should, Maybe we shouldn't have left it on a car park. And, What's going on? And turn turn your heads away if you've not seen it and you don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. So When they separate them, right. where do they go? Yeah. The other bit that's, that gets me at the beginning, he starts with a scene with Batman and he's there and there's a burglar. There's a burglar's there, and he goes, he gets the burglar, and the guy's going, no, what's going on, Batman? And he goes, what? And he, he hangs him off the building. He goes, what are you doing? And he went, I want them to feel fear. So that guy's fear, because the parademons feast on it. They all then come flocking, so then Batman gets his, his uh, specimen parademon he was trying to capture, which doesn't ban out. First ridiculous thing is uh, that the the... He captures it, and then it's sort of what does a self-destruct job. Mm. It, it looks like he's, it's the same as taking a cyanide pill. Can't be taken alive. So it explodes. And when it explodes, it's very helpful because for the story and the plot and getting the MacGuffins into this thing, because the blood that it fires back onto the wall behind leaves a... Whenever a parademon dies, it leaves the image of the three mother boxes on mm. the wall out of its blood. What a fucking stupid thing to put in a movie. Yep. End of story. It's ridiculous. It, it saves a lot of uh, discussion. Though, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you cannot write. 
if you have to do a scene like that, you cannot write. So there you go, number one. Then, then after that happens, it, the guy acts worried. You know, the the um, the burglar. So I'm thinking, right, this is where Batman ties him up and leaves the bat signal note going. Here you go, Jim Gordon. Blah blah blah. No, he he doesn't he doesn't restrain him. And he just lets him go on about his bit. This is a guy who's just robbed somewhere. He's a yeah. burglar. He's just robbed an apartment, yeah. So he not only, do, he actually just lets him go and go, right, okay, well, just don't do it again. And, and um, yeah, you can keep the stuff you've robbed as well, but just don't do it again. Well, as long as he had his yeah. brown pants on. Uh, while he's actually on the phone to Alfred during this, going, Alfred, and and then, yeah, well, you, what are you mentioning his name for in front of that guy? Exactly. There's there, a which lot of there, that. Was, there was a lot of that going on in Espe- this film. Especially during the Superman resurrection. Oh, yeah. Clark! Clark! It... It's all right, policeman. Yeah, you, just you... ignore what you say. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do an impersonation of a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's a, a, a private gag to myself, almost. That. That's what the noise I'd always thought a pterodactyl would make. <laughs> if you wrote it, you know, like schnicked yeah. it for Wolverine. If you were writing a, a pterodactyl cry, it'd be Clark with an exclamation mark. Oh, probably would. Yeah. With a K, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with a K. Definitely. Yeah. Like Kurt. Clark. K-L-A-R-K. Yeah. Exclamation mark. So all of this, like that, that them, them are silly moments, you know, to be sure. And yeah, they're not going to ruin a film, but they're, they're, they're annoying. You know, and and that them them are just some of the some of the bits that we're doing my editing, and it's just poor poor narrative. Poor, well, one of the, one of the other things that know. I have got written down about in my notes, uh, other than the Russian family, you don't see anybody else. Oh no, no, you don't. Nobody else is brought in it. Other but the than Russian that the Russian family that felt like it had been brought into like, look, here's someone normal. Yeah. Oh, Christ almighty, what is going on? Someone to this, save. This, 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 but that's the other bit that, like, uh, it, it, even the bit where it was like, I like the bit where Superman is about to go and bite the, battle the bad guy, and he goes, oh, I can hear people in trouble, I, I'll be back, and, and that's his priority. That, that's right. proper Superman. Oh, yeah, that's proper Superman. But even that, in the way they did it, it's more, it felt like, yeah, we've got to answer that. The, the bulletin board criticisms it's, it's on that al- one. It's almost winking to the audience. It is, yeah, and I'm and I'm fine because at least those things were pushing. They 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 seem to be aware of what they've got wrong. Yeah. But it was too late. What what my ultimate review assessment of this movie is? It's a victim. It's a sad victim mm, of it a could process. Have been so much better. Yeah. You, but all the movies from. And sadly, sorry, I know I'm out of sync with everybody else here, but including Wonder Woman, all of them from start to finish have been contaminated with an inappropriately dark aesthetic that the modern audience did not want and certainly were not up up for because they're going in droves to watch Marvel Mm. and they're getting a totally different... and And whilst it is appropriate that maybe DC went, we're going to do something different, if your audience ain't enjoying it... Then you rethink. Yeah, and I don't think... I think the biggest mistake they made after Man of Steel is they didn't follow up and just fix everything because it was all there. If you'd have chatted to people, other filmmakers and comic book fans, they would have explained to you what was wrong. And mm-hmm. and we've been saying it. And every single thing that they've tried to fix in Justice League, me and you... And Chris, even, you know, we've been all on this show mentioning all of them. Mm. And, and they, they attempted it in Batman vs Superman by, by having but, having 
yeah. Bruce Wayne address the fact that oh look 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 at the damage he's done. Yeah, they did, but but they, then they didn't actually capitalize. But on they it. didn't. But they got. They still went with that dark, yeah. dark aesthetic, the the mopey, miserable aesthetic, the, which the, the, suits Batman. But it doesn't. If you had a Batman movie, that's that. This would have worked great, but it's not. When you've got all this in the mix, Batman, by definition, when he's in the Justice League, I'll give you a great example. Batman the Animated Series, when Batman's in that, that is a very dark deco look, mm. yeah? It's very, very dark. It's very great, yeah? Then, when you when he's in the Justice League Animated Series, his darkness is in stark contrast to everything else that's going on in that. Mm. When he turns up in the Superman Animated Series, he's very jarringly out of place in a modern metropolis, yeah? yeah? And that's how they got different... You've got to have different approaches for different mm. characters and when you go with the justice league it had to be the mainstream normal light bright aesthetic and batman he's got to stick out like a sore thumb in that mm. and that's part of the comedy and what part of what makes it all it's, work. it's an organic comedy yeah. rather than so yeah forcing oh dress like yeah. a bat so i i on this one went in and i was expecting about five out of ten because I couldn't see how they could make it work. I didn't go in hating, like wanting to hate it, because I love these characters. I've loved them from being a kid. I love Superman. I love Batman. I love all of them. Wonder Woman's been a fascinating character to me. I love the mythology. And um, Aquaman I've always hated, but I'll tell you mm -hmm. something. At least Momoa made him interesting, it's which a bit is wet, something. Though, isn't it? It's a bit wet, dear me. That gag was... You were waiting with that. I know, yeah. He has a list of these, you know. So, I... I went in thinking, well, it's going to be an uphill struggle to fix this. And I also was aware that they'd have to drop a lot of stuff and reshoot a lot. And it's never a good sign. But I'm going to give it a six. And I'm going to say that there was a lot of positive stuff. And yeah, I'm sorry, I can't review it without referring it to the other. And Batman v Superman, I give a five. Wonder Woman maybe a six or seven. I can't remember what I give it on this show now. And the um, Suicide Squad, Jesus Christ, I don't even want to get into that. I mean, Man of Steel, I hated. Um, can't stand it. The only good thing about that was the Zimmer score, which was quite good. So, yeah, I'm going to say six on it. Yeah, I, I probably was a bit, you know, more hopeful that, mm. they, that they tried something different. Yeah. So I probably expected six. Mm. Actual five because yeah. it wasn't. It's straight down the middle. It, it did some bits that were enjoyable and some bits. That I did look, look. I I'll say how it is. I've gone to see this and I don't think it's as bad as I was fearing. Mm. And I'm I'm you know I'm enjoying it because literally the others have been an ordeal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Whereas this, at least I sat and I was I was entertained, which I wasn't. I was not entertained with Batman v Superman, and I've seen both versions. I didn't just... I went, well, let's see the longer one. Maybe it being fleshed out and having room to breathe that it may be better. And that's got an extra half hour in yeah. it. And it was even worse. It was just more of the same. Now, the one thing I will say to end on this, because we're out of time now, but mm. the... Yeah, I was quite chuffed. Here's the, the other bit. It, it, it made it even worse. I was um, I was really relieved because I heard well, at least we weren't getting um, Lex Luthor. This yeah. that hideous version of Lex Luthor. Back. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, uh, he was one of the most annoying things he about was. Batman v Superman. I hated 100%. him. Hated that characterization. I've never seen a worse version of that. 
villain. And that villain, if played right, is a, a one of the classic comic book yeah. villains. Come back, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. So, what do, what do you do? Oh, my, don't even go there. Um, <laughs> can't, can't watch that yeah, film anymore. I know. It's the, well, you can't watch out with this. It's, it's like got a very big blast radius. So, here we go. And I'm like, yay, well, at least he wasn't in it. And there, and we get to the end and wait for the credits. And they're always here. Yeah. I see. So there we go. But, you know, again, that sort of goes against what we know they're going to do next. Yeah, I know. Because it's teasing something yeah. that, that is a continuity it's thing. It's a disaster. They're, yeah. they're saying they're not doing the continuity It's anymore. a disaster. The whole thing, they don't know what they're doing. At this stage, The this is a rescue job. Uh, if you love comic book characters and you've seen the other movies, you you will be entertained watching this it may irritate you in parts. You may be frustrated thinking that it could be a lot better. And that's, that's the problem more that's than anything. It. Yeah. I feel that, that it could have been a masterpiece. And The Avengers is a masterpiece. Mm. It's an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Compared to this, The Avengers is a masterpiece. And that's how you should do a comic book team-up movie anyway we are out of time and thank you for being with us on on this show and hopefully we will have another special show as we conclude our 40 year celebration of the magazine starburst magazine the world's longest running magazine of cult entertainment and me and martin are very happy to be here bringing you this show every week i've been mike he's been martin and we'll see you next week Thousand centuries You don't know where you land It's a dark in mythology Treasures of history To be found Here legends of time All the handiworks remain Only the dreamer to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. until 11 p.m., exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe, TV and movie theme bar, Portland Street, Manchester.